good morning, good night. It's time to get our horror on. Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is episode six of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McGuinness, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer the Dream Warrior Strand. Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. Jennifer, how's your week been? The best part yeah. of, <laughs> the best part of this is your mic didn't even come in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we have been having some connectivity issues on my end. Uh, that's not been a lot of fun, but hey, who cares? My week has been pretty busy, um, but not too bad. I had a sneaky day off today, so I've just sort of been catching up on stuff and watching some movies, so pretty good. How about you? How are you doing, Dan? Yeah, I've been all right this week. I um, I had I stuffed up my shoulder and I had to go get it strapped at the physio. So I've had this like tape on my shoulder holding my arm into its ball joint because I've ripped all the muscles out. Um, so that's I think crap. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've also had like this massive DC Comics blowout happen at work at Greenlight Comics. Um, whereas uh, DC has left Diamond Comics officially. Yes, I and, heard um, this. So it's been like a, a bloody nightmare. So just organizing that, getting through all that and stuff like that. And I've been revisiting um, my favorite anime series, Bleach. I'm rewatching that again. Much like episode 40 again, <laughs> just out of the blue. Just like, and you're I love not it. even halfway there. Oh, no, no. Oh, I probably am once you take out all the fillers. <laughs> yeah, but, probably. But yeah, so that's about it really. And yeah. Okay. yeah. So we should Good. just get straight on to what we've been watching, I reckon, don't you think? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Although I'm not even that excited. I've actually had a very lacklustre week of movies, so. Oh, what? What do you mean? I know. I just, I watched a couple of films. They didn't meet my expectations, and you'll hear all about it in a minute, so. Oh, you can start today. So do you want to go first? Have a go. Sure. So the first movie I watched this week uh, was an Australian horror comedy called Two Heads Creek. Um, so it was released in 2019, directed by Jesse O'Brien. Oh, yeah? What's it um, What is so it about? As, <laughs> as, oh, well, let me tell you, Skip. Um, so a timid butcher and his drama queen twin sister quit the hostile confines of a post-Brexit Britain and adventure to Australia in search of their birth mother. But mm-hmm. the seemingly tolerant townsfolk are hiding a dark and meaty secret. Meaty? Meaty. They're a, a butcher family, so they make sausages and meat products. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you, there is a little bit of cannibalism going on. But yes, this, I don't even know how to explain it. It just fell very flat from the very beginning. Oh, so it wasn't so good. It It really wasn't. I didn't enjoy it. I kind of got through it like struggled my way through it um it just it was dealing with a touch a touchy australian subject so it was dealing with um immigration and the australia's immigration issues however wow. to deal with these issues in a non-confrontational way they turned it into a comedy all right, so that always works. But, Take up a you know an important topic and just turn it into a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> so the Australian but government I, does anyway to most important <laughs> issues. Oh my lord! Yes, yes, it does. Um, and I feel that the way the reason why they did this was to avoid any kind of major backlash. Like any kind of film that is coming out being politically driven, 
um, being a seriously politically driven film is going to receive a lot of backlash. And I know that um, all press is good press, so whether or not you're in the media because you've done something wrong or done something right, it's still media. You're still getting attention. But, I don't know, this film just felt very short. Like, I didn't like either of the main characters. They were very annoying. There was nothing endearing about them. I think once they hit Australia and the family, they sort of met the family and this town... Um, you know, there were a few funny moments there and they were just a bit gross and very stereotypical Australians, um, which I do, I do enjoy us being viewed this way by Americans and by everyone else. It, it, it is a lot of fun for me, but, um, yeah, like Gary Sweet's in it Ooh. and he's a national treasure, but he had a very, very terrible German accent as well, so. And it was very unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, it just didn't feel great. It didn't leave me going, that was a really good film. Or, oh, I see what they've done there with these this, this issue and this subject matter. It just didn't, it just felt very flat. I mean, the gore, when the, the gore finally showed up, which is, was in maybe the last 20 to 30 minutes of the film, was really good, and a lot of it was very funny. Oh, I do like funny gore. I, yeah, there, I'm not going to lie to you. There, there was some penis gore, oh, and oh, uh, it was oh. pretty funny. Is it penis gore as good as, do you remember that, what was that metal movie about the band who d- played the song that brought all the demons back? It was like Deathgasm. Oh, I love Deathgasm. Yeah, yeah. I remember it had that uh, that that penis gore where he like he whippersnippered the guy's penis and it showed it. Mm, it wasn't as good as that, and it wasn't as good as the Ash vs Evil Dead penis, but it it was still pretty pretty good penis gore. So good, I got a good a good old wang a wang whacking scene. You know, you can't go past I that. I don't even like the fact that the most endearing thing about this film was the wang. Oh, why, why not? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, so. it, it is like. Most like it's, it was like last week with Basket Case, the most endearing part was he was running down New York naked, like in a, <laughs> in a dream sequence. So you can't go past a good full frontal wang, wang, wang out, a wang out, as we call it. Speaking of wang outs, I watched, <laughs> speaking of funny wang outs, I watched House from 1985. Are you familiar with this, Jen? I love House. It is such a good film. I actually watched it for the first time very recently, maybe in the last like year or two. Mm, um, I, I've put it under my paranormal haunted house, but I could probably uh, genre, but we could probably also throw comedy in there somewhere as well because it's quite funny. It uh, does have that strong comedy essence to it. Mm, it's by Steve Milner, and we know him from stuff like Friday the 13th Part 2, Friday the 13th Part 3, Placid Lake, The Day of the Dead remake, and Halloween H2O. So he's got quite a, um, you know, I think that's right. A bit of a rap sheet. Yeah, he's got a he's got a good rap rap sheet, if you Hmm. call it that. Um, He is. uh, So we got the the main actor in it. Let me uh, bring it up. So the main guy's name is William Cat, and William Cat, from when I was growing up, was in a, a TV show called The Greatest American Hero. Do you know this show? I know of this show. I've never actually watched this show. I remember it a lot because it had that amazing opening. It was like, 
uh, the song. It was like, look what's happening to me. I can't believe it myself. And like, <laughs> e- every, everyone really, really liked this uh, TV show because of that. So um, that holds a, so as soon as it came on, I'd forgot he was in it. And I just, it came on and I was just like, whoa, greatest American heroes in this. And then if that's not good enough, his neighbor comes into it. And that's Norm from Cheers is the yes. neighbor. Which is um, what's his name in in real life? He's a uh, George Went, Went, yeah. Went. Um, so you got these straight away. I was like, oh, this this feels safe and familiar. And I because I remember loving it as a kid. I loved mm. this film as a kid. And you know what? I loved it again as an adult. I was so Definitely. I was so happy with it. So it's about a um a writer named Roger Cobb, and he's basically kind of like a a Stephen King kind of character. So within the film, he is a horror writer. And he's like separated with his wife. He's like because he he was watching his kid, and his kid went missing at his grandmother's house, and they never found the kid. And then um, so he's try he's moved back into his after his grandmother dies, he's moved back into his grandmother's house to sit down and write his new novel, which is based on the experiences he had in the Vietnam War. And um, and then from there, like all this strange stuff starts to happen in the house, and um. Like, you know, ghosts and weird stuff. And before you know it, you just re- pretty much realise that the house actually hates him. <laughs> like, and you get all these great Word. monsters coming into it. So that's the story. Straight away, I noticed it was funny. The other thing I noticed uh, straight away is there's no blood in it. And, like, when you think of this movie, you think that there's heaps of stuff happening. There's, like, you know, they chop up monsters. There's all this stuff. But there's actually no blood in the film. It's really weird. And I didn't notice it until I was, like... I mean, they have some blood, but the blood's like blue coming out of the monsters and stuff like that. And I'm wondering if that was to get, get to get the M rating that they got. I think so. So what I like really enjoy about this film is the the VHS cover has always been an absolute favorite of mine. Yeah, and it was one of those films that I always picked it up. And I'm like, oh, this this looks scary. It's not scary, and I feel that if you were to take your seven year old kid into a blockbuster and rent it out and sit them down and watch it, then it would be absolutely acceptable for a child to watch this film. Yeah, because I don't think there's even any squaring in it. Which no. is really weird because usually when, you know, you get those films that, like, don't have the blood or that, it feels like it's not as good. But in this, you don't notice it. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a less gritty Evil Dead 2, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, you got the hands that get chopped off that are still alive. There's a whole scene of a little kid running around, like, with a hand stuck on his back, like, you know, and he's trying to run around the house trying to get this, the hand off this kid. The other, th- And it's all set in – most of it is set in the daytime, which is funny, apart from the closet monster, which comes out at midnight. And it's got some great monsters in it. You've got the closet monster. You've yep. got the hag lady, which is, like, you know, speaks in a high-pitched voice, and she has the shotgun. Yep. Um, you have the floating tools – so as a kid, that really spoke to me. Like you, you got the tool, his tool shed, and the, like the axe and the pruning shears all float around the house, and like it kind of does that thing like in Brain Dead did, where these elements are all in the house, but they're not on the screen. So, but they'll, so you know, he'll be fighting this monster who open a door, and then the tools will be floating there, and you remember, oh yeah, the tools are still floating around and stuff like that. So I thought that worked really well. You have, like, the big marlin fish on the wall, which was a great scene that comes alive. And then you have Big Ben, which is the main uh, uh, monster, like, the zombie from Vietnam, which is causing all this, which, you know, in the end, it had taken his kid. So his kid was trapped in limbo. And you have all these great moments, like, when it, 
we he smashes like the the bathroom mirror, and um that like goes into another world, and he like ropes down into this other world, and I get these like really like uh poltergeist vibes from it. You remember in poltergeist how you could go into parallel worlds in the house? Yeah, and, yeah, it does that kind of stuff, but on this more comedy like scale, which I really like. And then you got the music, so you got this great music like pieces that come in at funny moments and stuff, and do montages. It's like a montage of him chopping up a body, and then the uh, yeah, it's just great. And there's like the Swedish neighbor that comes in, like, and then there's Norm. Just yeah, I know, and it's great. Like, it, I was just like, this is fun. This is am I like my wife watched it and she was fine with it. She was just like, huh, no. this is. I do really enjoy the soundtrack to this. I actually, one of my favourite things is uh, Big Ben, and I love Richard Mole, who plays Big Ben. Um, And he is such a huge gentleman, and my first ever experience of him was in a 1999 independent film called But I'm a Cheerleader, where he plays this guy who is like kind of like the underground resistance for trying to sneak kids out of those you know pray the gay away places oh, pray the, place the gay away place like gay camps sort of they call anti-gay camps yeah, yeah, yeah the, the gay camps straight um, camps straight camps yes thank you um so he's like him and his husband who is probably like three foot tall against him <laughs> are like rescuing these kids from these camps and taking them out and showing them what it could be like if they um, you know, weren't praying the gay away kind of thing. Um, so watching him in this playing this huge uh Vietnamese soldier, sorry, not Vietnamese soldier, uh, Vietnam War soldier, vet, yeah, thank you. Yes, um, it's just it was so much fun for me, and I'm like, oh, but you know, he does the, he's a soldier in the lines of house and gay people. Mm. Kudos to him. I didn't know um, at first, I thought he was putty from you know, Seinfeld. Like Elaine's boyfriend? Is that that? No, no, it's not. But um, yeah, and I, and then his character as like the 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 army zombie that comes back says all these great yeah. lines, and I remember those lines as a kid. And when you're a little kid, do you remember? I, uh, you probably don't. As a little, as a young boy, uh, you were uh, as there's a stage in every I think every boy's life they get obsessed with war, and because like war was quite romantic romanticized when in like you know 1987 and stuff like when I was like in primary school. And to see this zombie dude, like, throwing out these banger lines, you know, like, you know, just, like, off-the-cuff one-liners, and then him looking awesome and that. And, yeah, it just, it just works. The whole film works as 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 a piece. It's great. Um, and it, it, it just made, like, my second movie, which I'm not going to get into yet, look like even worse of a piece of crap than it was that I watched this week. But I'll get into that in a sec. What I feel, though that the one thing you are forgetting about this film is the deep V on his shirt. Oh, yeah, there is a lot of... There's Roger Cobb and his deep V. There's also, like, a lot of shirts off scenes as well. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm the hater of a deep V. Like, you, you put a deep V in front of me, I'll smash your face off. Like... He's <laughs> <laughs> like, do you think this is a deep enough V? You're like, you know what, I think you go deeper. He's got a pretty good body in it. Like, I was quite impressed, like... He's not, but he's like, it's like I said to uh, my wife, like he had this real, at like the front of him, he's got big pecs and he's got a big six pack. And then he turns around and he has nothing on his back. And, and my wife is like, oh, glamour muscles. He's just worked his glamours. <laughs> like, yeah. It's chest day every day. Yeah. And no, nothing else on his body had any, like any muscle to it. It was just like <laughs> six pack pecs, then nothing. He was, that's all he was. He was just a six pack in a pair of jeans. <laughs> oh gosh. 
But yeah, glorious. I love it. It still worked for me. Like, and if you haven't seen uh, House, uh, give it a go. And as like Jen was saying before, the cover is very iconic. Um, it is basically it's just an all black cover, and it just says House in red writing, and it um, has just a chopped off monster hand pressing the doorbell button, which is floating in the air for some reason, and its tagline is "Ding dong, you're dead." <laughs> You can't go wrong. Fine. And the reason we watched the other house, which was like the Japanese one that we watched earlier on, is because yep. I was searching for this and I found all those graphics of it and wondered what it was. So this movie led me to the Japanese house or houseu, however you yep. say But um, great, great. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Watch it if you haven't watched it, and then stop watching them because house two and three are rubbish. <laughs> like I've ever seen them, honestly. Well, the second one is just. I th- I might be getting them the wrong way around, but one of them is um about a convict who gets the electric chair and then he just comes back, but it doesn't have much to do with the house and kills some people. Um, and then the third one is just a total PG film, like nothing is like all the ghosts are good guys and like there's nothing scary or anything in it, like no guns, no nothing, rubbish. Okay. Pretty Rubbish. Much. Shouldn't even right. be talking about it on this podcast. That's a <laughs> save that for our bloody Disney, you know, Disney Saturday morning podcast. Anyway, sure, Jen, what's your sec- yeah. what's your second film that you watched this week? Okay, so I watched a film called Good Boy. Good boy. Um, it's Good Boy. It's part of uh, Hulu's Into the Dark horror anthology series. Mm-hmm. Um, so if any of you have watched it, you'll know the. I think Naughty Puka is. Uh, one of the most popular ones. So um, I don't know what you're talking about here. What is this ho- horror the- anthology? Um, so it's on Hulu. Uh, so for us, it's really hard to get Hulu here. So if you've got a really good VPN and know your way around, then you can access it. You can get it, yeah. um, So they just release like all these sort of original movies, very similar to how Netflix has their original content and Amazon have their original content. Um, so... Every so often they'll release one of these films, and the latest one was Good Boy. And it piqued my attention as soon as they dropped the trailer because it has Judy Greer in it. Mm-hmm. And Judy Greer is probably one of the most underrated actresses, and she is in almost everything. She pops up in everything. <laughs> so, Everything horror uh, or just everything? No, everything horror. I think in one year she was in four or five blockbuster films like some of the biggest films of that year she was in all of them but she always plays like a bit part so when she was in she's in halloween the new the new one oh, she plays the she's, sister or something she's jamie lee curtis's daughter daughter oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what i mean <laughs> um she's in the new jurassic world movie she plays the kid's mum um yep, so yep. all of these she's got these big Movies, but just such small parts. She's always yeah the second, like the secondary character or third yeah. or fourth character. You're yeah, right. Um, so I was very excited because not only is it Judy Greer, but it is a dog movie, and I love dogs. Um, so <laughs> it is. <laughs> I Man, she I is in some massive films, eh? Yeah, Ant Man, The War mm-hmm. of the Planet of the Apes, like Ant Man yep. and Wasp. So she's in the Marvel uh, Universe. Like she's, she's in the Marie Maker Carrie. She's in yeah. like heaps of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think she has a book and it's the title is probably 
you I don't know, I'd have to look it up. But There's... the title of her book is actually really funny because it sort of comments on the fact that she's in this world yeah. and you probably you know her from somewhere but you don't know her. Yeah, it's like never lead. The never the lead or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I watched that. It's directed by Tyler McIntyre, who did Tragedy Girls a couple of years back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which was a good little film. Um, so basically, uh, this film is, uh, Maggie gets an emotional support dog to help quell some of her anxiety. Is that a real thing? An emotional support dog? Is that just, or or is that just a dog? (laughs) No, no, no. Well, um... You can get an emotional support dog. I keep saying to my partners, I will get an emotion, emotional support dog. <laughs> an emotion support dog. An emotion, yeah. And then that emotion dog will be with me everywhere. But I can take it to work. I can take it on the train. People can't give me shit about it because it's my dog and it's making me feel calm. Hmm. So she's 39 years old. She's she's not married. She's trying her luck in the dating scene. She's, she's feeling that kind of, you know, I'm of this age. I want to start a family. She's not getting anywhere. She's just uh, lost her job. Um, so she gets this emotional support dog, but as it turns out, this, uh, emotional support dog is a little bit too effective at helping her calm down. Um, people start dying and it's the dog the dog kills them yeah it's not even a spoiler alert how well that's that is a spoiler that is a spoiler but yes so it's this beautiful little white dog um who is just so cute and very quiet and then all of a sudden people just start you know dying in the most horrific and bloody ways possible and you're like how how can this little how there is a scene where she stands there. She's like, "How can you do this? You're only ten pounds." <laughs> um, <laughs> and they and they do explain it, or they don't. They do explain it. Uh, that's but it's yeah. not about that. Like it's not that you know. No, it's more about the I, comedy of it. There is. It's not even that funny. Like there is a few choice one-liners, um, but the film itself was really slightly disappointing. Ah, it's. You've got two two fizzes this week. I know. I really wanted to like it. I tried very hard, but it just felt too long. Like, have you ever sat through a film where you're sort of looking at your watch and you're like, how much longer has this film got to go? Yeah, I, I do that every week, every film I watch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm pretty certain at one point I turned it off, went and cooked dinner, then came back and, you know, started it up again. And it felt was... like a whole other film. Yeah, I feel that this would have worked really, really well if it was just like a 45-minute even sort of short movie. Um, But, yeah, so there was like this one scene as well sort of that didn't need to be in there at all. It explained Mm. nothing. It did nothing. It just really weirded me out. It weirded you out. Yeah, right. It, It did. And I also spent 10 minutes trying to figure out who her boss was before I realized that it was a very sort of aged and hairy Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg? Yes. Yeah, right. Like, what, so is, is he, did they age him up or did they, or has he just gotten older on us? Oh, no. I mean, Steve Gutenberg, he is old. He's old. Well, he's not old, old, but he's older now. So he definitely, he's, you know, he's got this scraggly beard and sort of longish, unkempt hair. 
Um, he, yeah, it was really hard to sort of watch him in it. But did he? Uh, did he still have his baby from Three Men and a Baby? <laughs> Pretty certain she. Or is he? Is, is he? Is he the police chief now? Because like Adam from Police Academy. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Oh. Um. So yeah, it, it was it was a bit unfortunate. I really did want to like this film, but it just sort of fell very flat for me. And so, what what would you have wanted to happen in this film for you to like it? Have you thought about that, or did you just like just not like 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 to me? Did you want it like the the dog was like an alien, or you know, like something ridiculous that, that pulled it all together, or did you just want it? What what or did you just want it to be shorter? Was that just the main I, factor? I definitely wanted it to be shorter. So for a, a horror sort of film, it really didn't do a lot. So when there were deaths and kills, it was really cool. It was actually a little bit funny. Like, you know, this this woman who has had this dog less than like two weeks is covering up all these murders that this dog is doing. And she's happily doing that. She's She's cool with it. You know, she finds someone's finger in the dog's poop while she's cleaning the poop. That was pretty funny. I've just watched the trailer, and it looks like people explode in it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, so, that's all right. I think the concept that they were trying to do, which they sort of explained very, very quickly at the very end of the film, could have been a little bit more throughout the entirety of the film. Is it something like her anxiety gets manifested, like how stressed out she is through the dog and it just explodes out and kills people? Sort of, yes. Because that's what I got from the trailer because I was just like, what else could it be? Like, like he's a a vessel. Not necessarily a vessel, but he's definitely, there there is a manifestation there, but it's not quite what you think it should be. Um, But I feel that there was... Too much of, like, I really don't really care what's happening with you right now in between the dog trying to kill people. Yeah, you just wanted more just flat-out killing and comedy. And, and yes, not, it had like, the potential to do so much more not, and it just didn't. Not comedy, but horror fun, you know, that fun of the horror. I wanted more splatstick, yes. Yeah, you need, you need that stuff. You need it. Yes. All right. So, I mean, people might like it, but for me it just fell sort of very short, so... Yeah, nice, nice. I can't believe you watched like you, you you got those two films on here, and I saw on your I saw on your letterbox that you'd watched the thing, and you haven't even like don't even want to talk about the thing. <laughs> I feel that we need a whole episode on the thing. To we'll, do talk, we'll talk about the it thing. next week. We'll talk about it next week. We could make it our homework for next week. I've, I've, I I I, know, I like to watch stuff. Us boys watch things we haven't really seen for homework. Yeah, preferably so. Yeah. Like if you know what I mean. Because, like, yeah. I, we, I, I mean, I could do The Thing now. Like, you know what I mean? I could talk about it now. I watched it just recently. I watched The Thing remake recently or the prequel sequel um, as well, which is obviously not as good, but, you, you know, what are you going to do? But anyway, let's not talk about The Thing. But it does have great men in it with amazing beards and hats. Oh, my Lord, yes. And that segues into my next film. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I, so for some reason, I don't know why I did this. I decided to watch Basket Case two after not enjoying the first one. I thought you said you were going to watch all three, so you just you're a man of your word. Yeah. Well, I had a customer come in who actually at the shop who listens to the podcast. And he's like, "Oh man, you you watch Basket Case, man? I love that series, that that, that trilogy." And I'm like, "All right." Yeah. So someone's like, and I thought maybe you know how sometimes like people love a series, and it's the second one that really 
is where it starts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you know, people like uh, people love Friday the Thirteenth, but to me, the first Friday the Thirteenth isn't like the best film in the out of the series kind of thing. So you have to if you if you're new to the, if you're new to Friday the Thirteenth, you kind of watch the first one and then you go on and your you, your love comes from the other ones. Oh, and that's what I got from it anyway. And um, might, might not might not be the case with you, but. Yeah, yeah, so I thought, well, maybe the second one is where it's at. You know what I mean? Like, I had a mate who dressed as this. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll put it up on the Facebook. Write this down. Like, I've got a friend who dressed as a basket case for um, uh, for a New Year's Eve party. I mean, for a Halloween party. We'll post that up later so you guys can see that. But uh, and I thought there must be something to this film. So I watched the second one. And I'm like, yeah, there's fully not. Like <laughs> this film was not good. The second one we had. Um, so this one is set eight years after the first one. Are you? Sure. Yeah. And yep. um, eight years is a long time between films. <laughs> it really is. It, it's a heap long. So, so someone saw the first one and went, man, we could really, you know, pick this up up again. Um, it's got the same actor in it uh, playing Dwayne. And in this one, so they're still on the run. They, uh, in, the, in the first one, they died at the end. And yeah. in this one, they didn't die. They just like sure. went to hospital and then recovered. And of course, of course. Uh, of course, they've got you know they they have to answer the crimes of all these grisly murders, and so they go on the run, they run away, and they find a um, they find like a retreat for freaks, so people that they take in these freaks and hide them from society so they can live in her attic, and um, and yeah, so it's this whole house of these like freaks like Bial Bial is the name of his brother, uh, sure. which is the monster monster brother. Yeah, Biel, Biel. Yeah. I don't quite say it. And so you got all these great freaks in, it. and it really reminded me of that movie Freaked from the nineties. Yep. So you got a guy with a gigantic mouth. You got a guy with like a big mutant head. You got a lady. You know all these different freaks. Some looked amazing. There's one that was like just a giant mouth on a bed, and it was an opera singer. And I was like, <laughs> where is this going? Like, and it was, it was kind of scooting the lines between a comedy and a sci-fi, but it never hit into any of those genres. It just kind of sure. scooted around the edge <laughs> of all these genres and never became any any of them. And I was just like, "What's going on? Like, what what are you?" And then there's like a there's like a, a like a kind of a stakeout where they take a stand at the end, and the police try and get into the house. And but then there's like a frog freak, which is a frog man. But you can totally just see the, the inside of the frog's mouth with a, just a black. Uh, it was a guy wearing a mask, and it just had a black stocking, and you could just see his face in the <laughs> in the mouth. And I'm like, "What are you guys doing? Like, what are they doing? They're creating a masterpiece, Dan. Like, what are you? How are you against this? I know. I'm well, looking at a picture right now, and it looks one of the freaks. Uh, sorry, the unique individuals looks like Nicolas Cage after a hard night out. Oh, which one? Because they all look like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the letterbox background. Was it? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in a blue suit. Oh, the one with the the eye up the yeah. top. Yeah, and you can fully he tell that. Like and then you got next to him is like the lady with the gigantic head, and in that picture, that just keeps going up. Um, <laughs> and there's no explanation for any of these other freaks. They're all like sure. kind of. There's one guy, and he's just got worms coming out of his face, like jiggly, like squir- squirm, squirms, like the, the lollies. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they. It's like some of them. It's like they gave everyone in the in the in the production in the the makeup lab. Like everyone, make a freak and we'll use them no matter what. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they just. It's basically it was like a uni assignment for the whole class. Yeah, basically everyone, everyone passed. So what a standout scene was when Bial and, and a lady Bial, 
there's the one that's kind of exactly like oh have a sex scene and it goes for ages and it's just like oh dear and it was just like <laughs> oh god stop 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 and it just kept going <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I love an awkward sex scene in a horror film. Oh, it's oh, you will love that. The thing that really, really brought down this film, which is like, is um, every death in it went for ages, and all it was was Bial would Bial would jump on someone's face, and then they would just run around screaming, and that's all the deaths were. There were no unique deaths. There were no like, you know using heaps of prosthetics or anything. It was just people running around and then they'd fall to the ground and they'd like have blood on their face. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you've got all these spe- like these these practical effect freaks and you didn't do any death scenes that are good. Like and I was just like, oh God, what are you doing? So the film just ended up being pointless to me. I was just like, I've got now I've got the third one. I'm like, do I watch the third one? I think you have to. You you've you've committed, you're dedicated. Now you gotta do it. People listening, in the comments, write if you're a basket case person, whether a yay or a nay basket case person, and tell us why. Why you are, if you're a nay, I I mean, I understand if you're a nay, if you're a yay, tell us why, because I don't understand (laughs) this. Maybe I'm missing the point. Maybe I'm just, you know, a a two-bit Adelaide guy, you know, doesn't, backwards Adelaide guy doesn't understand the the beauty and complexity of the basket case series, but I just don't (laughs) think I am. (laughs) But, oh, uh, yeah, I was just like, what are you doing, you bloody turkeys? Bloody bait. <laughs> the other thing I watched quickly I'm just going to mention is Death Race 2000. Do you know that? Oh, my Lord. is it, That's the one with David Carradine? Yeah, and Sylvester Stallone. I had <sighs> I never seen this film. I didn't know I'm this thinking. film existed. I had no idea that, that Carmageddon is just based 100% on this film. Yes. Like, and like even to the point where the main car looked exactly the same as the car, the main car in Carmageddon, like the spikes down the middle of it. And I was just like, oh my god! And you have yes. to like kill people, you know. I, the, the the aim of the race is to run people over. And like the younger they are and the older they are, the more points they're worth. So if you're killing average age people, they're not worth much. And it was that so- makes sense. And oh yeah, I don't, we're not going to get into that because it's not really a horror movie, but it, it's just a you know. Well, I think, you know, it's it's good to note that any kind of exploitation and cult film, I feel, does... Has, room, the, has the, room here? ...the horror umbrella. I 100% has room here. Don't get me started on my hagsploitation films. We'll, we'll do that eventually. Hagsploitation? Yeah, old lady movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of them. I don't like old people. Um... <laughs> Sure. I plan to never become one. Not because I'm going to die. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay young forever. I'm wor- I think you will. You. I think you have aged backwards. That's true. Like knowing what you look like now versus when I first met you. Two very different dance. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Well. I'm not allowed to talk about that. The government's made me hush hush about it. But um, understandable. Yeah. And uh, you know what I mean. Like every every hundred years, I have to take a new identity. So. It's that goat placenta going heading out to Sweden for every year for your. My, my annual goat placenta eating. <laughs> sure. You want to come this year? It's great fun. <laughs> yes, I could really use uh, some goat placenta. Gross. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Hang on. Yeah, we used on your two movies, haven't you? We yeah, have, yeah. yeah. Let's move on they to our like movie them. of the week. Yes. <laughs> so, Very exciting. Happy Death Day from 2017 is what we both watched this week as part of our homework. Um, yes. Uh, you talk about it first, because I didn't write any notes, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna vibe off of you. 
That's fair. Okay, so uh, it's directed by Christopher Landon, who has also done Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. If you haven't watched that film, do yourself a favour and watch that film. It is hilarious. Is it gory? Uh, it is gory, actually. It's very gory. Oh, I've never even heard of this film. Oh, no, please watch it. Um, so Happy Death Day had a budget, a starting budget of $4.8 million, and mm-hmm. it grossed $125 million worldwide. Boom! And it beat out Blade Runner 2049 at the box office. What? This is like, yes. yeah, this is one of those phenomenal films that when I watched it, I'm like, this is sick. Like, yes. I was sitting there watching it going like, this is... This is a quality film. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. For those who haven't seen it, the story is, without doing any spoilers, because I still, film this, still feel this film is like, you know, spoiler, spoiler territory. 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically a girl wakes up and at the end of the, at the day she gets killed and every time she gets killed she wakes up, she groundhog days it and wakes up in the morning. And it's her birthday. And that's all, that's really, that's, and then throughout every single day, she has to work out who killed, who is killing her, why they're killing her, and what's going on. That's basically the. It's Scream scream meets Groundhog Day. Yeah. They even make a Groundhog Day reference. I was really uh, happy with that. Um, Yeah, this this was a great film. Straight away, I hated the main, everyone in it. And yep. I was like, oh, you know, when you hate someone in a fit, like everyone, you just don't care and it ends up being like crappy. But yeah. as it, the days went on, at she, her character really developed into this quite likable character, um, which I can only guess is what her in real life, Jessica Roth. Um, I would hope so. Yeah. So she starts off as basically like a clueless frat girl and uh, or yep. part of a clueless frat that you, and then, um, it goes on from there. It has all that kind of like weird Heather vibes did got to it. Did you get yeah, that? Definitely weird Heather vibes. Mm. But that, that's the thing. Like, so she is the epitome of that first girl who dies within the first ten minutes of the film, and you are glad to see her go because she's a sack of shit. But as uh, yeah, as the movie progresses, and I feel that this movie, and I will boldly make this statement, Ooh. this film would not have been as successful if it was p- played by someone other than Jessica Roth. Yeah, can she did it? She made this film. Nice. Yeah, yeah, Personally. that could work. Oh, we got. Uh, I can see here that you've got some notes on this, so it might not have been Jessica Roth. Mm, yes. Uh, so the film was originally called Half to Death. And was set to star Megan Fox uh, under the production of Michael fucking Blow Up Bay. Blow Up Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Slow motion helicopter by that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, oh, that would have been God. a bloody shit show, mate. Especially Megan it- Thom with a Megan Fox <laughs> with her thumb hands. With, no, with her toe thumbs. Yeah. Oh, she's just not a good actress either. Like, have you seen her toe thumbs? I have. We've all seen her toe thumbs. It's the first thing anyone says when they talk about Megan Fox. It's not, oh, my God, she's so hot. It's like, have you seen her weird toe thumbs? I know. It's weird. I reckon they got – and she's got, like, thumbs on her fe- – she's got, she's got real thumbs on her feet. She got, them, <laughs> she got them surgically swapped accidentally when she was a child. More than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So a, a lot of what I've heard from everybody is – I, I mean, I personally didn't go see this at the cinema. I thought, oh, it's another another slasher. I don't really care. It's not Scream. I don't care. 
And when I finally did see it, I, I sort of just came, you know, turned it off afterwards. I'm like, holy shit, this is one of my favourite films in the last however many years because it was so much fun. Yeah, it had the scream, um, the scream guessing game where you're like, oh, who did it? How is it doing it? And it kept, like, throwing, like, you know, throwing red herrings in there and all this yes. stuff. But, like, when the explanations came to fruition, they made sense. And you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, this is wicked. <laughs> like, and at the end, I was, like, you know, left with, like, a beaming grin. Like, yeah. Exactly what I was left with at the end of Scream 4. I was just like, yes. oh, yeah. sick. Like, this is great fun. And, and funny enough, so Tony Gardner, um, who was responsible for bringing us the infamous ghost face mask, he designed the baby killer mask that was used in it. Yeah, so the the killer, and that was hilarious. Like the the <laughs> school's foot was it a football team? I think it was football. Yeah. I didn't think yeah. it even said it. it. Just said sport. I think it was just a sport team, wasn't it? it just said it didn't actually. Yeah, whenever well, no, the school's no, football teams, football. Like, they were called the, the babies. Yeah, something along those lines, something so, ridiculous. So all their branding was this giant baby's face, which the killer used, which um, actually I think is way more terrifying than Ghostface uh, mask. Like, I found like... Wait, the, like it looks like the baby from the very, very opening sequence of Roger, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, Baby, Her- uh, baby Herman. Is that his name? Is it Baby? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Looked exactly like him. It freaked me out. Yeah, uh, yeah great, great film. Um, yeah, so... Everyone should go um, watch this film. There's a second one. Have you seen is. the second one? I have. Look, it is not as good. Um, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it is not as good, but I still enjoyed it because, and again, it's just because of her. I think if it had have been a different sort of scenario with different characters, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. Um, but, that's, again, like a lot of people have said, and I think one of my favourite quotes that I, well, uh, comments that I've seen on Facebook from someone was, how dare this film be as fun as it is? Yeah, th- I love those comments. Th- this film has no right to be as good as it is. <laughs> like... Yes, that was the comment. And, oh, my God, yes, it's because it's true. Um, so the second one, it sort of explains a little bit about how this all started and why it became a sort of Groundhog Day-esque scenario. Uh, see, I didn't need that. I just figured that... Everyone in the world, if you get, I mean, I'm watching the second one, but I, what I got from it is that if you die on your birthday, you just wake up the next day and you haven't died. If, <laughs> if you're like, but the problem with her is there was a killer after her, which was killing her every day of yeah. the, uh, that day. So it always just reset and reset and reset. So she just had to survive the day kind of thing. Yeah. And then once it, once it went over, it was fine. She could get killed and be normal. And that would mean that, and that would mean that no one in the world has ever died on their birthday, which is like, uh, has anyone ever died on their birthday? I'm see? sure there's been millions upon millions of people who have died on their birthday. But yeah, I don't know any. You just assume. <laughs> well, this this is true. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed the montage where she's sort of you know her Get, own detective. Getting all getting her shit together that day yeah. was the best. Like where she just. Like, she goes, well, I've got a whole day. I've got this down. I'm going to, like, go and, you know, make everything great. And I really enjoyed that day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's it's a montage of her and she's just, she's, you know, she's cut her hair. She's dyed her hair. She's doing this. She's walking naked through the campus, which she actually did do. And oh, then. Oh, man, I wish I was there. Yeah, right. She's, she is a very attractive young lady. Um, but 
yeah, all this stuff that she's doing. And as she's doing it, she's kind of having fun. You could sort of see her like, oh, yep, now it's happening. Oh, fuck. Well, it's fine. I'll just deal with it tomorrow. Yeah. It oh, Just so much. Such a fun film. I really feel that everyone needs to watch it. And she has her no consequence days as well, as she knows like, it doesn't matter. So she does yeah. like, real horrible things. <laughs> like I thought yeah. that was funny. But yeah, no, yeah great think, film. Yeah, fantastic film. Um, 10 out of 10. Go watch it. I right don't know. Uh, we'll give it a 10 out of 10. It's no, uh, no, no it's, it's, it's no Cabin in the so. Woods. It's no Brain Dead. <laughs> Nothing will ever be Cabin in the Woods. That is true. Um, Nothing. Yeah, so that was it. Um, we, so we, uh, that was a thoroughly good one for this week. We still haven't worked out what we're yeah. going to watch next week, but we'll work that out by the end of the, by the, end yeah. of the horror news, which we're going to get into now. Yes. Oh, I've picked one for you, Dan, because I know this is a big old talking point for you. The uh, number one? Yes. So Sam Raimi has handpicked Hole in the Ground director Lee Cronin to direct the next Evil Dead movie. Yeah, this is good. Titled Evil Dead Now. Evil Dead Now? I don't really know about that. It's like Marvel Now, you know, when they did their reboot. (laughs) um, See, to me... You had Evil Dead, Evil Dead, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Army of Darkness, or whatever it was called, uh, Ash versus whatever it was called, Army of Darkness. Then you had the TV yep. show, and that was mm-hmm. that world. That is complete. You know what I mean? Like, after that TV show, I mean, there's going to be another one of them, apparently. Is that right? Uh, another series? That... To do something. I think they're just, like, all the cast want to do it. They've just got to convince Bruce Campbell to do it. Oh, really? He didn't want to do it. Yeah, right. And then, like, because you got um, – so this new one, you got Bruce Campbell talking about it, and he's like, you know, Ash isn't going to be in this one. It, 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 it's like it doesn't count that remake that you know the the Evil Dead reboot that they did. Uh, so yeah, we posted. We were talking about that um, on the Facebook recently. Sparked a bit of controversial debate. That people um, loved it. People love it. People hate it. Yeah, and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinions. Unless, I did like a few wrong. of the comments. <laughs> Unless it's wrong. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it, this, this film apparently does not take that one into consideration. So that now is just a floating, you know, it's got its own entity void out there. It doesn't, it doesn't exist anywhere. And so this is a, re- a, a remake. So I think it's Evil Dead, but it's still set in the world as if the, Sam, the originals with Bruce Campbell did happen. But it's another Evil Dead film, if you know what I mean. So new people yeah. and stuff like that. So it's... Yeah, it's so it's telling a brand new story within the universe, but won't have any ties to Ash. But it could ha- later on if if they're doing parallel stories, like you know, yeah. stuff can come in and out. But I just hope they get that grittiness of what the original Evil Dead was. Like you look at the pictures of Evil Dead, like the girl in the the attic, and like her face and the blood coming out of her mouth and the grittiness of it. And they never really got that back, like, with anything. Hardly anything I've ever seen has really got that back. Um, I mean, Brain Dead got pretty close. But, like, yeah, the amount of, I don't know, it's got a weird feeling to it, Evil Dead, that I've, I've ne- it's never really been emulated. And I feel even, like, Sam Raimi can't emulate it. Like, the, the Evil right. Dead uh, TV show was great, but it was definitely its own thing. It wasn't, yeah, like, it wasn't. definitely. I mean, even his films that he's made, since just don't and i mean there's always something there that you can go okay that was definitely directed by sam raimi i think um the drag me to hell film yeah that was which good. i'd completely forgotten about and has recently just been popping up all over the place in everything i'm sort of doing it's always like 
oh, but what about this film? Um, the only thing about that that kind of comes back to his style is the, the horror comedy aspects of it. Um, so, like, the goat at the end of the film, which has always stuck in my mind. Like, <laughs> and then, like, the old lady throwing up in this poor girl's face. It That's where you see him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But even, like, the first Evil Dead to me was still pure horror. There wasn't much comedy in the first one. No. But, like... It was more just, yeah, it was just, it was just a fluke. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It just yeah. worked so well. Like, the makeup looked great. Um, for, like, a student film or whatever it was, like, you know, him being so young, like, they had, like, you know, the, the zombies had, like, uh, uh, what are they, lenses in their eyes, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that stuff's pretty hard to get. Like, you know, yeah. when they couldn't use blood, they used milk. Like, in, like you know, to get, like, a lower rating or something like that to not make it... So they just put milk in there, and, I'm like, and it made it look worse. It just made it look like yeah. pus was coming out everywhere and yeah. gross stuff. Right. And it just, More of that, please. Um, it showed, like, it was the first film I ever saw where you actually saw when someone's getting axed, you saw the axe hitting the limb and actually mm-hmm. cutting it off. And I think that's yeah. re- that was a real turning point to me. You know, like, that was... You need those, like... You need those, like, actual seeing the limbs getting cut off. Because I'm re-watching a lot of horror movies nowadays. You're just, like, you're not even showing what's going on. Like, that's where he just went, let's just show it. Let's show a True. disembodied body all over the ground twitching after it's been cut up and all stuff like that. It's very true. And I, like, because I, obviously, like, since we've started this podcast, I've been watching a lot of newer films rather than going back and revisiting or checking out some of the old sort of 80s and 70s horror films that had this kind of crazy gore aspect to it. And a lot of that is definitely missing from the, the newer films. And I don't yeah. know if it's to make it more appealing to a wider audience, but I am feeling slightly, I don't even know what the word I could use. I'm bored with new horror. Yeah, like that. It's, you need, like, and I, 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 I mean, Look at Brain Dead, like we keep talking about, or uh, what's it called in mm-hmm. America? Dead Alive. Um, yes. There's so much of that in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that really sticks in, in my mind. Like you see the arms getting chopped off. You see the gore. Like the whole point of this scene is that end game of that last shot showing the, the craft of like the gore in, in these scenes. And that to me, they're my, my favorite movies. Even that Death Race 2000, I couldn't believe much gore was in that. Yeah. Like, there's shots of, like, heads getting run over by tyres and exploding. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is, like, 1975 or whatever it was. Um, oh, yeah. Like, the 70s horror, that's when it started to really sort of explode because you had all those exploitation, called exploitation kind of films where they just did not give a fuck. And that, that you know, you've got the uh, Hills Have Eyes and the I Spit on Your Grave. All those films were coming out. Ugh. Zero fucks given. They're just going to go as extreme as possible. Yeah. I think the 70s was one big old competition as who could make the most disgusting film ever. Which is great because you get you get some bloody classics like Evil Dead come out of it and, and, yeah. all, and all those. Is that, wait, was that 70s? Uh, no, Evil was Dead 80. was like 1981 or 82. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Looks a bit good. Maybe they need to go back and film the Evil Dead on exactly the same film stock as the original. Yeah. Maybe that'll do it. Maybe it's the look of the browns in with the, the film grain. that Because I, I notice these days, if you look at, like, as an example, I'm look, so we're looking at this uh, this, this, this article is on bloodydisgusting.com. We're now with our great mate uh, John Spires. Uh, 
Esquires. Is that you say his name? Squires. Squires. John Squires. Uh, did the article and at the bottom of it, it's got a uh, it's got a trailer for the one that will the guy's movie the uh, the the hole in the ground, and it just everything looks so crisp and clean in horror these days. If you notice that maybe that maybe it is the the film grain that we're missing. Maybe it's because we yeah. grew up looking at these like super eight films and high eight films or whatever they were called. And, um, so grainy and distorted and, you know, fifth-generation VHS copies of something, so it doesn't look good, but you're sitting there going, man, this looks amazing. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't even mean, like, the, the crappiness of VHS. I just mean, like, the actual film grain that they used maybe yeah. was the thing that horror is missing sometimes. Maybe these, like, digital, because a lot of stuff would be done digitally now. Digital is just too good. Like, you can see that even the trailer with the spider coming out of this guy's this kid's mouth on the poster for a hole in the ground. It just doesn't even look real. Like, um, but yeah, I don't know. I might, I might, I'm gas bagging. I might just be like, like, you know, you know, but completely the, wrong. So but the, the question, like, so, uh, have you seen the hole in the ground? No. Okay. So <laughs> that brings us to the question because, um, obviously Sam Raimi wants this guy to do this film. He's picked him to do this film. I've not, I started watching it and I think I got maybe half an hour in. I ended up turning it off. Um, I might not have been in the mood for a slow burn horror. I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Mm. So see, I guess. See, that could happen quite easily. Like if you're if you're in the wrong state of mind and you start watching Hereditary, you're just going to turn it off. Oh, God, yeah. So you maybe, be in the right frame of mind for maybe we should go back and watch it for this, for this, this week. Yeah. I think it would be a very good talking point because not only do you discuss the, you know, did you like the film, did you not like the film, then it brings us to the other talking point of do you think Lee Cronin can do justice to the Evil Dead? Mm, and we can talk about the craft as well and, and also the um, and the actual film grain. I'm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all about like, like whatever they use for Evil Dead, whatever that like, look was, it was, it was so vibrant. The colours were so good, yet I... So vignetted around the edges and stuff, it just gave it this real uh, claustrophobic kind of cool vibe. And I just, I've, I'd love to know. I mean, it's not hard for me to research it. I have access to the internet. I could find out in seconds, <laughs> like what film they used back then. But I'm not gonna. Um, like, I mean, Evil Dead is always going to be a classic film, and to which all other films are compared to. Yeah, and I still haven't found a film. I, uh, I would. would Possession film is that? Like, I haven't found a possession film as good as Evil Dead. Maybe like Cabin in the Woods, but Cabin in the Woods is like, that is homaging all this stuff. It's different. It's a different vibe. Where a pure, like, possession film, uh, Cabin in the Woods style film, I haven't actually seen one better than the original Evil Dead ever. And I always, I'm always out looking for it. I always want to find that one, even on par. Like, not even. Yeah, like not even like the the remake of Evil Dead. It felt anywhere near as good as the original one for me, and I know people out there yeah. love it. And I just felt that that that, that remake of Evil Dead, um, I don't know what year it was, uh, had fifteen maybe. It was like they they took the idea, they looked at it, and went, okay, cool. Uh, let's try and kill uh, all the everyone has to kill people with weapons that have never been used in any other horror film. So they had like electric knives. They had all these weird. Did you notice that they had really strange ways people died with strange weapons? 
It's true, like the he like crushed her head with the toilet seat or something. Yeah, and stuff like that. So I just reckon that was their vibe that they went through, which is cool. But like, yeah. do you feel that you would have enjoyed that film if it was probably pretty much exactly the same, but did not have the Evil Dead marketing? I'm not sure. Hey, it's been a while since I, I saw it because I can't actually yeah. remember it that much. Like, it didn't stick with me. Well, yeah. if a horror movie doesn't stick with me, it means it's just like, it was like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, whatever, bye. Let's go next. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the um, the concept that they used for it was was pretty good. You know, it's, it is a, you know, she'd gone in and she was um, experiencing, she was a drug addict, so she was coming off drugs. That's why she was the way that she was. Um, so right. I think that, that sort of worked for me. And then just the the effects and the gore that was used throughout it was really, really good. Maybe like, I should was... give it a rewatch because I can't even remember those bits you're saying. I saw it in the cinema, so like, yeah. the last time I watched it. So maybe I will yeah. give it another like, go. I... And it's not like arguing against people who straight up did not like this film. Like, if you straight up did not like this film, that is fine. I 100% respect, like, and I understand that if you're such a huge fan of the Evil Dead original series this is going to be a big steaming pile of shit for you. Yeah, that's what I am, unfortunately. they stuck the Evil Dead name to it. But I feel that if this was a standalone horror film that did not have... Evil Dead, If they'd yeah. have just tweaked it a little bit and just said, this isn't Evil Dead, this is cabin drug addiction. Cabin dead. Dead cabin. Cabin dead. Um, people might have been a little bit different opinion around bit more, it. A bit more like, uh, forgiving. On it, yeah. just like because, like, oh yeah, cool, cool idea. Like, like if it, it, it always happens as well. We we see it a lot with Hell Hellraiser. Like films get made, mm. and then at the very end, they just they just tie it into the Hellraiser universe, and it's just like it, it has Pinhead at the end in the in the end shot going, ha ha ha, it was me all along, and it's and that's like, right, and that's going to double ticket sales. It's going to help the marketing. It's going to help get like, this film like a higher tagline on social media or that's whatever. true but it doesn't help um, like the film franchise in itself in the end exactly it, it actually like it's a slow burn death it's like a yeah whew, bloody idiots yeah mate. anyhow <laughs> story number two see. story number two we have uh the and this is from dread central heck yes and who I like, so, I, like, I like to uh, I like to say who who whose story it is so so uh Mike oh man I can't read that name Sprague um, over on Death Central. He has got the story of the Hunger remake in the works with Jennifer Lawrence and Anya Taylor Joy. Joy? Question mark. Is it, huh? So, this film, the original. Have you seen the original? I love the Hunger. I this for me when this popped up, I reread it and I was I had a little bit of a no. It's just a straight out no. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Jennifer Lawrence. I was talking recently about, why haven't I seen her in anything lately? Who is she pissed off in Hollywood? Everywhere. I love her. And I would love to see her play a lesbian vampire. That would just make my year. But, no. So, the original one um, co-stars Susan Sarandes, who uh, we all know from uh, Team America as a puppet. (laughs) (laughs) And, And David Bowie. And then uh, what was the other? Like, other Catherine ones? Deneuve. Catherine Deneuve. Like, um, and so like this is a, you know a Bowie film that probably not many people would remember. No, um, no. Rated R. You know the it, Hunger it's Vampires. A sexy vampire movie. What's that? It's a sexy vampire movie. 
But with David Bowie, like... Yeah. I mean, David Bowie's not the best. I wonder if this is one of those films like Labyrinth that he can't remember ever doing. Well, he's obviously not going to remember it now because he's, he's, he doesn't have a brain anymore. But, like... <laughs> I... Yeah, I don't think... I think there's a, probably a lot of cocaine happening around that time. Um, but it, it's a fantastic film. Tony Scott, um, cult classic. It uh, just... You, you cannot remake this. This film had a timely energy that you cannot bring in today's society. And the person who does it, like, I will be looking at this very, very closely and you have to wow me because, no, just no. I so you just have to have, be a pretty high bar to beat the original, you reckon? I have a very, very high bar for this film. I love this film. This film, it is such an enjoyable film and I think it had a very... I watched it when I was young, probably a little bit too young for it, but for me, the way that the film was shot... The relationship was, uh, well, you know, lesbians. I'm always up for lesbians. Soundtrack was you know, great. You know David Bowie's not a woman. <laughs> I do. Um, I do believe that David Bowie didn't die. He just evolved into Tilda Swinton's body. She, she just, like, you know, she just he got, he amalgamated. She, she, yeah, she absorbed him. Oh, that makes sense. Have you seen the, <laughs> the, uh, the original poster for The Hunger? Yes. It, are you looking at it right now? Yes, it's very pretty. Is that supposed to be that shape? Is that a woman's uterus? Quite possibly. Right, do you know I what I mean? So like, as in, like, it does look like a uterus. So her, like, as in grabbing them around, these, these as a threesome-style thing. And yeah, it looks... Yeah. I feel that that is supposed to be, like, you know, the female uh, reproductive genitalia vibe of what they're going for. Most definitely. It's um very, very cool. Have you seen The Hunger Den? No. No? I know of it. And stuff, but yeah, I haven't. I, I, I've never ventured into that one. It does look very cool. Um, we should put the trailer uh, up on the uh, Facebook, I reckon. For we the, will. This we'll one. put the trailer up because I'd like to hear what everyone else has to say about the hunger, whether they've seen it or they remember it or they liked it, did not like it. And I mean, this is peak Susan Sarandon. Um, I think probably a few years after Rocky Horror, but it's sort of good to see her playing that kind of a role and being a little bit different in her films. Yeah, yeah. Then she just sort of became like a mum type. Who did she play in Rocky Horror? Um, She was Janet. Oh, really? Damn yeah. It. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it, Janet. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't even know that. Um, yeah. I'm sure that I've probably got something a little bit more eloquent to say about this, but I'm still angry and not angry, but I'm still just no. Are you a fan of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? I do like Rocky Horror, yeah. My favourite part, I think I've mentioned it before, is that when they eat Eddie, who is played by Meatloaf, and they eat yes. Meatloaf. They eat Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna, I just don't understand. Like, is that just because his name was Meatloaf? I've, I've never been able to work that out, eh? Because like, there's no uh, reason for them to eat him. No. No, there's not. There's really not. Amazing. Um, no, it's a fantastic film. And I remember, like, I mean, obviously, where you and I the industry that we're, we're in, we've been to conventions, we've worked conventions. Um, one of the nicest people I have ever met uh, to this day has been Patricia Quinn, who played Magenta in Rocky Horror. Yeah, um, right. And she came out the year that I think William Shatner and Richard Dean Anderson came out. So there's these huge long lines just waiting to meet these guys. And I stood and had probably a 45-minute conversation with her because nobody else decided to come round. We're just chatting about film, 
yeah, she's talking to me about because she's um she's in some of Rob Zombie's films. So she was talking to me about being in his film. She's talking Ooh. to me about being in Rocky Horror. Uh, it was a good old time. Once I went to um, there was a con in town, like a convention, and I went to my local pub, uh, which was the Grace Emily Hotel, like in the middle of the day, and there was no one there. Like it was just like you know at my my local that local pub. I I, I know the bartender. Uh, my bar- bartender mate George was there, and I go in, and there was two people sitting at the bar, and I said, oh, "I'll have a beer with him," uh, as in like the uh, the bartender. And I look over, and it was it was Lance Hendrickson and Bill Paxton. <laughs> like, Holy shit! Because <laughs> they were down for like a convention, and they just wanted to go yeah. somewhere like that. No one was at, and they found this little pub, and I and I was like, "Hey, man, you're Lance Hendrickson, aren't you?" And I didn't even realize it was Bill Paxton until like heaped through the conversation. Like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah, just had a little chat to him. I didn't didn't say much. I was just like, oh, you yeah. down for the convention? He's like, yeah, yeah, and just, but it was just like huh, glowing. You know what I mean? Like, just like yeah, I can drink my beer, and then I just left because I, like, I don't want to uh, be here anymore. You know when you're like, no, oh, it not, gets awkward. Yeah, yeah. And it's, but that's um, I was working at Easy DVD one time, and uh, Lance Hendrickson came in, and the manager at the time, who was this giant sci-fi nerd just basically shit his pants and went and grabbed everything he could that he had been in and actually just started making him sign stuff. Yeah, that's embarrassing when people do shit like that, eh? I had that happen. And I'm just, yeah, yeah I'm just like having this conversation with him like, how's it going? Yeah, I, I, when I was, once when I was working at uh, another comic shop, um, uh, was it Dylan Moran came down from Black Books and at the time <laughs> my boss loved him. And he, it was yep. like it was like ten in the morning, and he ran out the back and like got a bottle of vodka, and he's like, "Oh, let's have a shot." And like, this is a time I'm pretty sure that like Dylan Moran was on like he was sober, because okay. he just thought he was like you know Bernard from Black Books, and he's like, and he's like he's like you know his, his accent, he's like it's it's like ten in the morning, no, no, and just <laughs> basically chased him out of the shop holding this bottle of oh. vodka, and I was like, oh my, it was the most embarrassing moment of my entire life. That's sad. Yeah, that would be. That would Anyhow. be very embarrassing. We had Jason Muse come into the shop once. Oh, that, I, see, I always want him to come into my shop because I had a comic shop. And I figured when he was in town that he would go to all the comic shops, but they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend actually was tweeting at him like, oh, you should go to this shop and you should go to this shop. And he came in and I was too too embarrassed to say hi. Uh, I think I did the awkward, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> ah. She still makes fun of me for it today. Oh, you, you went all. I did that with like, I don't often do that. I like get starstruck, I think it's called. But I did it when I was at a convention yep. and I, I saw Hex from Good Game. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like an Australian, you know, TV person. Like, no, and I was just like, hi. She's like, hi. And I'm like, Can I have a photo? <laughs> She's like, yep. And then I went, bye. And I just walked off and I looked back and she was like, like giving me like the, what? Face? Because like, like, I just couldn't say it. I'm like, I, I don't know what to say. Bye. <laughs> have to get out of here. There's always going to be like a, so like I feel that if, you know, if, if Neve Campbell was to ever come out to a convention. Oh, I'd die. I would lose my shit. I wouldn't know. Like I, I, if they'd announced her tomorrow, I would basically go to the gym and never leave until I looked good enough to meet her. See, I, if, if, if people are too, I like them too much, I just don't go to the conventions. That's like, fair. I, I just don't want to feel like that nervous. And I know like there's no reason why they'd want to speak to me. Like I don't, yeah. they don't know anything about me. 
Like, and do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like if, if they met me, if we were out drinking and we just like, you know, met each other and we started talking, we did, I didn't realize who they were and we just became friends, then that's fine. Like, I'm quite good friends with Isabel Carmody. Do you know her? She's like a writer or something. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, lots of people love her, but I just met her when I was out drinking and then just like, you know, we just became friends and we've been like, you know, if, if we ever see each other out, we'll just say, Hey, how are you going? And stuff like that. But like, yeah. Are you there, Jen? I'm here. Oh, I thought, yeah. I thought oh, your mic had died again. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's the best way I reckon to meet people. And there's the other thing is like some of my friends have met their people that the stars that they love and they've gone out drinking with them. And by the end of the night, they hate them. <laughs> yeah that oh they just, i've seen yeah there's been bands and stuff that have come and you know you love the band and then they just act like complete dickheads and you're like i don't like you anymore that's it yeah right. i think that happened to my friends with you know um julian barrett or like howard moon from the mighty bush like he oh, just they okay. ended up like going out drinking with him and then they're just like he just hung around all night and it's like dude go go away like yeah. he just got annoying <laughs> no no, I, I got really excited because like Rose McGowan, when I met her, she was asking me about my thesis and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure you don't want to hear about that. But yeah, I'm just doing the thesis on horror movies. And she's like, no, please tell me. And then she made me tell her about it and she got really excited. Oh. And then that was it. And then I'm like, she cares about my thesis. It's great. <laughs> Fan for life. Anyhow, let's, <laughs> I think that's, I so said, what was our, what was our housekeeping? I mean, our, our homework? What was the movie? Homework? We're going to check out the hole in the ground. The hole in the ground i'm just writing it down so i don't forget okay so i think that's it for this week so let's do a little bit of housekeeping so um we have been terrorvision horror podcast you can catch our stuff on all podcast streaming services so soundcloud stitcher spotify itunes all the rest like all of them we also have a youtube account so go over to youtube and it's at terrorvision uh pod you can catch us over there we also have it no it's just just search terrorvision horror podcast on youtube you'll find us we have an instagram um at television pod and we also have an email so you can check us out on television pod at gmail.com and you can you know just send us a line tell us if you love us if you hate us what we should do what we're doing wrong who you know just 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 start up a bit love. of a conversation and um jen do you have any uh housekeeping you'd want to push out I don't have much. I mean, head over to my page, uh, Trailer Trash Review, on Facebook and Instagram. It's pretty inactive at the moment because I'm still trying to figure out what the shit I want to do with it. But, hey, maybe if you come and like it, I might feel slightly motivated. That is true. And remember, if you're on any of the YouTube or the, uh, the, the uh, uh, on the podcast, please leave a review for us. It helps so much. Please give us a star or a thumbs up. All that stuff helps us out so much. You can't you can't imagine that. Um, also, Definitely. please go over and check out my other podcast, um, Hack the Dino, and that is uh, you just check uh, on YouTube or on podcast services as well. All exactly the same. Hack the Dino is a video game podcast that we do fortnightly, where we talk about video games. It is a video as well, so you can see what video games we're talking about. So that is something. Go over there, leave a comment, star us, like us, follow us, subscribe to us. All those wicked words. And have you got anything else, Jen? You think you're done? That's it. Okay. I'm good. So as I said, we've been uh, Television Horror Podcast. And until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares. Nightmares.